Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast with New York Giants fangirl. My name is Adriana, and today we're going to touch briefly on the AFC and NFC championship games. Yesterday, there was, of course, some heartbreak for probably most of most of the fan base in the United States. And then I'm going to talk about the defensive coordinator interviews that the Giants have had so far and give you a little bit of background on all of the potential coaches that they have interviewed for. Um, and then we'll talk through that. So let's start with the AFC championship, the Ravens versus the Chiefs. I'm pretty sure that everyone aside from Kansas City was voting, rooting for the Ravens, just really disappointing. I mean, the Ravens' offense has been really incredible this year, and so has the defense. And the first half, I was just shocked. Like, I could not believe the Ravens' defense looked like they were asleep. The offense, I mean, this is this is where some of the frustrating things that I feel like as a Giants fan, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me on this, is that Lamar Jackson is probably going to win MVP this year. He is an elite quarterback. No one is ever going to dispute that. But he can't win the game by himself, okay? Spags is an incredible defensive coordinator. We all know that. The way that he was blitzing the shit out of the Ravens offensive line, Lamar barely had time to do anything. When he did have time, his balls were getting batted down. His receivers were not catching the ball. And they had no run game. This is a team that went into this game being one of the top running games in the NFL. And it's just, I mean, and we'll talk about this when we get to Lions, like, it's just frustrating. And obviously it's not our team, so I'm glad it wasn't our team. But as I'm watching the Ravens, I'm all, I was almost like, and I think I said this on Instagram Live, I was like, this is like watching the Giants. The offensive line is horrific. Lamar Jackson barely has any time to do anything, and that's what happens when you get blitzed the shit out of and you just can't pick it up and do anything about it. At no running game, and then the passing game was atrocious because no one caught the ball. It's just like, what do you expect from an offense, even when you have someone like Lamar Jackson who's an elite quarterback, and he deserves some of the blame. Like, some of the balls were not great, but, you know, all of the ones that got batted down, it's just... It just was really frustrating to watch, and I can imagine that if you're a Ravens fan, you were even more frustrated, but I just, I'm so disappointed because it's not, it's the, anything regarding the Chiefs is not about football anymore, and yes, Travis Kelsey is now, I think, what, the number one tight end with the most amount of receptions, that was like the only thing that they talked about the whole game, aside from Taylor Swift, and I am an NFL fan. I, I've been an NFL fan my whole life. And I know a lot of us feel like this with the whole Taylor Swift thing. Like, it's not about football anymore. And that's what all of us have cared about this entire time. I can like Taylor Swift as much as the next one, but she has nothing to do with football. She's not the only famous person to A, be at football games and B, to date an NFL player. And this is the first and probably only thing that I will agree with Des Bryant on. But I saw him comment on some post that the NFL posted about fucking Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. And he's like, bro, we all dated not all of us, but he's like a lot of us dated famous people, whether they were rappers, singers, actors, songwriters, like whatever you want to call it. A lot of NFL players have dated famous people and still are, and they don't get nearly the amount of attention that Taylor Swift gets. And I get it. She's Taylor Swift. 
But if it was Harry Styles, who I would probably equate as like maybe the closest equivalent to Taylor Swift from a male singer perspective, it would not be nearly as close as this. And I get it's not the same comparison, but it's just frustrating. Like I, when it, the other thing that really pisses me off is when you see someone like Adam fucking Schefter. And I know a lot of people have lost respect for Schefter over the last couple of years and that's fine. But at the end of the day, he's still number one in the business and people still trust him. And a lot of his reports are accurate. But when he, I was on TikTok yesterday before the game and why is he posting about Taylor Swift? Do you know what his fucking video on TikTok was about? Taylor Swift. Not about the Chiefs, not about the Ravens, not about the AFC Championship. He made a full video saying, well, if the Chiefs win, how is Taylor Swift going to make it to the Super Bowl? She's going to be in Japan, I think, with a tour the night before. Is she going to be able to get there? Bro, we don't care. Your job is to talk about football, not fucking Taylor Swift or any other football girlfriend. We do not care. We're here for football. And then after the game, I'm pretty sure it was either him or Ian Rappaport tweets, the Chiefs and Taylor Swift are in the Super Bowl. Again, is Taylor Swift on the fucking field? We don't care. I am so sick of it. And I am so disappointed in Lavar and the Ravens because they have subjected us to this. I just like, oh my God, literally we were all rooting for you. And I get it. Shit happens. The Ravens played like shit. The refs were terrible. It's a mix of all of it. You know, the whole Zay Flowers thing. Like, it's just the Ravens, the way they played, they deserve to lose that game. Okay, that's fair. You can't turn the ball over twice and expect to win the game. Along with other things, getting stupid penalties and whatever. And some of the penalties, there were absolutely missed penalties that should have been called. But... At the end of the day, and I say this about the Giants too, we all know the refs are a problem. You have to outplay the refs. You cannot let it come down to the last play of the game or to the last missed call of the game, you know, and expect to say, well, we should have won the game if it wasn't for the call. It, you can't do that, okay? You have to play better. It's a 60-minute game. You have to make plays. So wildly disappointing for all of us who don't like the Chiefs. And also, my husband is a Pats fan, and even he was like, after the game, he was like, is this why everyone hates the Pats? Like, I get it. I get it now. This fucking sucks. I was like, where have you been? Really? Yes. We are done with the dynasty. We're sick of it. Let other teams win. Um, and I don't, I don't want the San Francisco, like, I, I'm also over the Niners, but at this point, I need them to win because I, I cannot deal with an offseason of the Chiefs winning. I just can't do it. Also, can we talk about the fact that the Chiefs are 100 times better since they have benched Kadarius Toney? Just saying. Um, all right, let's talk about the Lions Niners. Uh, oh my God, that game. I was heartbroken. I still am devastated. Like I I've been on TikTok today and I'm like, I can't even watch these videos because they make me so sad. We were all pulling for the Lions and the way that they started it was just electric. I was so excited for them. Epic run game like they always do. The passing was great. I mean, they definitely had some drop balls, but the offense did a really great job of moving the ball and scoring points and putting up touchdowns. And I just was like, oh my God. But then, you know, I think all of us Giants fans are like kind of waiting for the shoe to drop because this has happened with the Giants over and over and over again. They either start terribly and maybe pick it up in the second half, but they don't do enough to win the game and it goes right down to the last second or vice versa. They start off strong like the Lions did and then they just kind of fall off. 
So it just, the second half was really disappointing. And, you know, to be up by 17 points, I know that's all everyone's going to talk about. You know, you think it's a good lead, but there's this whole thing, oh, you can't count the Niners out. And the reality is it's not just that. The defense just didn't have their shit together in the second half. Just like the Ravens' offense didn't have their shit together in the first half. Sometimes... You just can't play strong for 60 minutes, and unfortunately, that's what happened. Obviously, Dan Campbell, you know, I, I think most people were surprised because it was the NFC Championship game that he didn't go for the kick there, but did you expect him to go for the kick? I mean, he has gone for it more than any other coach probably ever in the history of the NFL on fourth down, so... I get your the rational mind is thinking, well, this is the NFC Championship game. You need to take advantage of all the points. And I agree with that. I do. Um, but also, it's Dan Campbell. If it's any other coach, you're thinking they're going to go for the kick here. Um, so it was disappointing. And it's especially disappointing when if they had gone for the kick at least the first time, the game would have been tied, giving the Niners the ball back with less than a minute left. Um, or maybe they would have went for two there. Knowing Dan Campbell, they probably would have went for two on that last touchdown pass, and maybe they would have won. Um, it's just, it's such a bummer. They had an incredible season, and, you know, from someone watching from the outside who's not a Lions fan, I think what Dan Campbell has done is absolutely incredible. He deserves to win Coach of the Year. Um, it's just, it's really disappointing the way that it ended, and I know that literally no one outside of San Francisco and Kansas City is excited for the Super Bowl, to the point where I'm like, I might not even watch it. Like, I am so disappointed in the Ravens and the Lions that I just am like, oh my god, this is gonna be brutal. But it is what it is. Enough of that. Let's get into the defensive coordinators. But, real quick before I do that, I want to tell you guys about my shirts. Um, for those of you, you guys know, Tommy Cutlets is going to be here next year, okay? I know this is a little late of the Tommy Lynn sanity craze and whatever, but Tommy's going to be here next year. He did a good job with the Giants. I think we should all still continue to support him. He's going to be a Giants quarterback. Um, for the next two years, he signed a three-year deal. So anyway, but what I really want to share this is because it's a small business. They are called Motown Mode on Etsy, all one word. And this is not, they don't only make... Tommy Cutlet's gear, the guy's name who owns it is Craig. I've DM'd with him a bunch. He is so sweet. Um, so let's support small business, okay? Like if we can't get the Giants to win, let's let's help out in other ways, you know? So I love this shirt. I think it's awesome. I'm just always freezing in my house, so I need a jacket. But um, I'll put the link in the description. So if you guys want to purchase it or scope out his shop and see everything else that he has, please do. All right, on to the defensive coordinators. Speaking of the Ravens, Denard Wilson is the Ravens defensive backs coach, and he is the only potential defensive coordinator for the Giants that we know of that has gotten a second interview. So I would say most likely it looks like he's the favorite. We'll see how things go. Now, before we get into more details about him, I have a theory. And my theory is that if Mike Vrabel does not get a head coaching job, that he is going to be interviewing for the Giants defensive coordinator position. And I think we all agree that we would love that option. Um, I, personally, him and Jannard Wilson are my top two favorites. I also think that the Giants DB coach, um, Andre Patter, or Jerome Henderson, excuse me, is, is also a really great option. I just think the success that the Ravens had over the last couple of years makes me feel like Wilson and the second interview are going to have that leg up. 
Um, but to have Rabel would be epic. Obviously, he was fired, so if he doesn't get a head coach role, he's either taking a year off, which someone young and successful like him, I don't expect him to do that, um, or he's going to take a defensive coordinator role, and maybe it's going to be with the Giants. So that would be my first choice, but if not, I'm really into Denard Wilson, so let's talk about him. So he's been in the NFL coaching for 12 years. He um, has been with the Bears, Rams, Jets, Eagles, and obviously the Ravens. When he was with the Eagles, it was in... When he was with the Eagles... That in 2022, the year they went to the Super Bowl, that was when the Eagles had the top passing defense in the league. And that was when he was the um, defensive back, I think defensive backs coach there. So he had a lot of success with the Eagles. Obviously, we all know that. We remember that defense. So um, he's obviously has played an instrumental role with the Ravens and Eagles and even the Jets. Like the way that the Jets defense has developed over the last couple of years, you don't just get that good overnight. So he was there um, before he went to the Eagles for a few years and absolutely helped the Jets. I believe it was 2017 to 2020. Um, really helped develop some of those players. And some other players that he's really helped develop are Jamal Adams, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, and Marcus May. And we all know the success that those guys have had in the league. So again, Denard Wilson is one of my top favorites. I think he has an extensive history. Um, and I think that he would be a really good option at DC for the Giants. Now, another um, candidate that I like, who I don't believe has gotten a second interview, maybe now that the Chiefs won, he will, I don't know, is Brendan Daly, who is the current Chiefs linebacker coach. So he was with the Patriots before he was with the Chiefs, and during his time with both of those teams, he has been a part of five Super Bowl championships. So the guy knows how to win, and he's been a part of some really good defenses over those years. He has 18 years of experience coaching in the NFL. Um, with the Chiefs, he also has defensive line coaching experience, and I think that's important because we all know who Chris Jones is, and he's going to be a free agent this offseason. And if Daly gets the opportunity to be the DC with the Giants, is there then the possibility that we can bring in Chris Jones? I don't know. Obviously, a lot of things this offseason depend on money, but could be an option. You never know. So during his time there as the defensive line coach, Chris Jones had nine sacks and made it to the Pro Bowl. He was the um, leader on the team in sacks, and right behind him was Frank Clark with four and a half sacks. Um, he was also the defensive line coach with the Patriots. Like I mentioned, something else I wanted to talk about with Daly is that he was with the Vikings as well, and during his first year with the Vikings, they became the first NFL team to lead the league in rushing defense for three seasons in a row. During those three seasons, they held opponents to under 75 rush yards per game. That is insane. Absolutely insane. Um, he also spent three years with Spags. We all saw again yesterday how unbelievable Spags is, so he's learning from one of the best in the league, no question there, um, as the defensive line coach when they were both with the Rams uh, from 2009 to 2011. So Daly has a lot of really amazing experience with a lot of good teams and with a lot of good coaches and, of course, some good players. So I think that he could be a really good option here, too. We'll see if he gets a second interview this week. I do expect them to hire someone, I think, by Friday. I just feel like this process is taking so long. But if someone like Daly is really in the running, then 
I mean, are they going to wait till after the Super Bowl? I don't know. We shall see. Next is Anthony Campanile. He is the Dolphins linebacker coach. He's been with them since 2020. He helped Miami's run defense over the last few years. They ranked fourth in yards per game at only 103 yards. Again, so obviously we know this team has really struggled against the run and to get someone like these linebacker coaches who really have experience with stopping the run is so imperative to us winning games next year. Um, so this was only 103 yards per game in 2022. In 2021, he helped with rushing the passer, ended the season with 48 sacks. Something else that I want to know is that he coached at Boston College, and we all know how the Maris feel about literally anyone from Boston College. He was there um, from 2016 to 2018. Then he went to the Eagles. In 2018, they ranked 11th in takeaways. Um, and then he played safety at Rutgers. And then after college, he coached a bit at Rutgers from 2012 to 2015. So again, someone else who has a lot of coaching experience, not as much as someone like Daly or Wilson, but definitely has good experience, worked with talent and really helped develop these guys. And again, when it comes to the run defense have a lot of experience with success there. Like we all know this team needs. Next up, honestly, this is probably my least favorite option of the bunch. And I think it's, maybe it's mostly just because I haven't found a ton of great information about him, but also like, we just don't need more people from the Bills. I'm sorry. So Bobby Badge, Babich is the Bills linebacker coach. He's been with the Bills since 2017. Prior to that, he was with Florida International, the Browns, Panthers, Eastern Illinois, Kent State, and his father actually coached in the NFL for the Bills um, 2003 to 2021. So, you know, they both have experience with the Bills. I know that he learned from some great coaches. We can agree that what the Bills have done in the last five years or so has been pretty impressive until they get to the final game where they get close it out but overall success and talent there so um during his time coaching he has coached linebackers safeties defensive backs so i think that's important he's might be more well-rounded than some of the other coaches having experience with all those positions and in 2022 he helped um, develop linebacker Matt Milano we all know very successful had 12 and a half tackles for loss and earned his first team all pro in 2021 the Bills defense ranked first in overall defense um, that was when Leslie Frazier was the defensive coordinator and in 2020 the Bills defense finished third in takeaways with 25 so again he's not a bad option I just out of all of these options he's personally not my favorite Next up is Shane Bowen, who's the former Titans defensive coordinator. He was with the Titans for six years, eight total years in the NFL. In 2021, he was promoted to defensive coordinator. Prior to that, I believe he was the defensive backs coach. Um, he directed one of the NFL's stingiest defenses against the run, one of the best defensive units on third down, also important. Um, he's done a great job with both of those things over the years. Um, opponents averaged a league low of 80.7 rush yards per game. And obviously, we all know how difficult that is, especially with some of the talent that's come out over running back over the last, you know, five, 10 years or so. The defense allowed a third down conversion rate of 35.4, um, 154 of 435, which is pretty good. And then uh, it ranked third behind the Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. So again, great third round or sorry, excuse me, third down conversion rate. So 
Bowens had some success um, in 2021. It was his first season as the defensive coordinator. Titans ranked second in the NFL in rushing defense under uh, 85 yards a game. 2021, the defense was tied for ninth in sacks with 43. And then um, that same year in 2021, um, his defense ranked 12th in total defense, sixth on third down and sixth in scoring defense. So Bowen has some good experience as well. Um, I, I think he's an okay option. I just, I think when you look at some of the experience of some of the other guys like Wilson and Daly and even Campanile, I don't know. Those guys just stick out to me a little bit better, although I think that Bowen has had good experience with the Titans um, Titans defense over the years. Okay, we've got two more. Derek Ainsley is the former Chargers DC, and I think we can all agree that he's probably the least favorite on the list. The Chargers obviously have been a bit of a disaster the last couple years, with Justin Herbert being the only exception. Um, he's been a coach since 2005. He was in college and NFL like a lot of these other coaches. He coached defensive backs and then eventually was hired as the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. He was only with them for one year as the defensive coordinator um, in 2023, but he had been coaching defensive backs for two years prior to that with the Titans. And in 2023, they ranked number 29 overall and um, 30th in passing defense Tied for 17 with the Chiefs in run defense, 24th in scoring defense, 13th in red zone defense, 16th in third down. So not horrible. Again, not my favorite. He would be my least out of all of these guys. Last up, let's talk about Jerome Henderson, who is the current Giants defensive back coach. He's been in the league for 17 years. He was with the Jets for 2006 to 2008. Um, where he was an assistant defensive back and defensive back coach, 2009 to 2011, Browns DB coach, 2012 to 2015, Cowboys DB coach, 2016 to 2019. He was a passing game coordinator slash secondary coach. And then in 2020, he joined the Giants where he's been ever since, and he's been the defensive backs coach here. So obviously he has a ton of experience with defensive back coaches. I think we all saw that in this year, especially with how um, Tay Banks developed so quickly. I think my hope is that if he continues to be the defensive back coach, that we will see someone like Trey Hawkins and Cordell Flott, that they will take that next step. Obviously, part of it is talent, but we all know and we have seen that a part of it as well is coaching. So I have seen videos of some of the drills that he's done and the way that he is loved by the players. I think he's a guy that if he ends up being the defensive coordinator, I think players will love him and will rally for him. And I think that's obviously a big, um, a big step and something that I think everyone will like. But obviously our defense has not been incredible across the board, the DBs aside. So um, in what... <coughs> Excuse me. In 2022, the Giants allowed 214 passing yards a game to finish 14th in the NFL, which was the team's highest ranking since it was 10th in 2013. So we know we've watched this team. We know the defense has been bad. And even in the last couple of years, it's not been amazing by any means. But the fact that from 2013 to 2020, our defense was horrific and he managed to get them in the top half of the NFL <coughs> is a good thing. Something else I want to highlight here, too, is that the defense excelled despite multi-game absences due to injury. 
which we all know, um, injuries of Adore Jackson and Aaron Robinson and Xavier McKinney. Now, I know you're all going to say we didn't miss Aaron Robinson, and you would be right on that. But the other two, Adore Jackson and Xavier McKinney, obviously missing them, our defense struggled. Um, but the fact that they could end up being 14th in the NFL – um, allowing only 214 pass yards a game is better than it had been prior to that. Something else we need to talk about is that um, Henderson helped several newcomers become important contributors, including Jason Pinnock, Cordell Flott, and Dane Belton. Now, I'm not going to come out and say that they are all pro safeties or corners. We would all agree that they are not. But again, the focus is on development, right? When Dane Belton played this year, he played quite well. couple missed tackles, but overall made plays when he was in the game. Jason Pinnock was fantastic this year. I would like to see him come back. And same thing, Cordell Flott has been a little up and down. I would like to see him be more consistent. And I hope that's, that that's something that, you know, if Jerome Henderson is still be the DB's coach, that he can help that. In 2021, McKinney led the team with five interceptions, which was the highest total by an NFL safety that season. So something else to keep in mind. Again, the Giants defense has, especially the defensive backs unit, has been pretty okay over the last few years. Again, not amazing by any means, but better than they have been prior to that for a long time. One last thing, in 2020, Henderson was instrumental in improving a pass defense that jumped from 28th in the league the previous season to a tie for 16th. So again, in one year, he did some pretty good work from the um, passing defense. So like I said, I like Jerome Henderson. I would say my top three candidates outside of Rabel, because we don't know what's going to go on with him, is Jerome Henderson, Anthony Campanile, Oh, sorry, I'm going four here. Brandon Daly and Denard Wilson. It seems like Denard Wilson is the favorite. It has been reported that he is the only one who's gotten a second interview. So stay tuned. Like I said, I'm hoping we know at some point this week. And as soon as we find out, I will do a little mini episode on everything you guys need to know about the coach. We'll go more in depth on that. And if it is someone like Jerome Henderson, then we'll try and see who the defensive backs coach is going to be. So that's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for listening and watching. Again, shop Motown Mode on Etsy. It's not sponsored. He just is a Giants fan who is fantastic. And I want to support small business. And we love Tommy Cutlets, okay? So please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. This is going to be a very exciting off-season for us. So everyone needs to stay in the know and be get excited about the free agent moves we're going to make, the draft. I'm going to go more in-depth into that next week. So I'll see you guys then. Mm -hmm.